0: Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Season's greetings and welcome once again to the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Alley. I am J.P. Mosier. And we're here to celebrate the greatest songs in modern music history. We're going to tell you what makes them great, why we think they're awesome, and why you should too. J.P., how are you doing today, man? (laughs)
1: Man, I am doing fantastic. The other day I was like, Dad, are we builders and he's like, yes, my son, Mason. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, no, no. Okay, stonemasons really take their work for granted, though. Oh. But it's <laughs> truly, but their work is truly marvelous. <laughs> oh, my That's gosh. That's the best I got with this wonderful segue. Oh, my God. Into gosh. a wonderful artist. Ladies and gentlemen, we are not talking about those kind of masons today. Oh, but we my are
0: gosh. hanging. My, it. Listen, my spirit just jumped across the table and, and attacked you. Have
1: to be in the face. <laughs> hey, listen, they all can't be home runs. But <laughs> we have Dave Mason. Yes, Mason. Dave, ah, it's a stretch. Dave
0: Mason. Jay Dave Mason. Of- Traffic of fame traffic. of Dave Mason fame. Yes. Of Jimi Hendrix fame. What? Of all kinds of, of fame.
1: Fa- like this guy has been with everybody.
0: Seriously, this this guy is a this guy's a big name. Name a um, guitar
1: legend and yeah. he's their friend.
0: It's true. And they love him. So true. So true. And this is a song that everybody loves. Maybe the number one, like, jammable song in all of history, in hey, all of rock history. How you feeling, Rob? Man, I'm feeling all right. Uh-huh. Let's take a listen. This is Feeling All Right by Traffic. She's. out. I- Ladies and gentlemen, it's Feeling All Right by Dave Mason and the Quarantine. There we go. Actually, so here's what we knew. We knew that most of you would be more familiar with it done this way. This is not the way it was originally done by traffic not maybe to this degree of funkiness, That's okay? Correct. So we're going to come back in a second and play you some of the traffic version, but we wanted the... We we know when you say feeling all right, everybody's expecting the, the piano. piano. You yeah, gotta the, have p- the piano riff. Um, And so there's about, oh, I don't know, 50,000 different versions of this song <laughs> yeah. because everybody's covered it because it's so coverable, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And it's so fun, it's easy. You could get a band together and in 30 minutes have this one ready to lay down. That's good. You know? Mm-hmm. So... um. That being said, probably the most famous version that has spawned the most covers would be the Joe Cocker version, who, uh, you know, he covered the Traffic original. So there's going to be a lot of, like, personnel talk, I think, as we talk about Dave Mason and Traffic and Joe Cocker, et cetera, et cetera. So let's get it straight. First, Dave Mason writes the song, As a member of Traffic brings it in And it is from their 1968 album Traffic Okay Um, So the Traffic version Let's go back there and play This is what it originally sounded like As recorded by Traffic in
2: 1968
0: A A little different Wouldn't you say? Now, it gets there. By the time we get to the chorus, it feels much more like what we know. But let's take the chorus. Now we're grooving, you know? So, this version appeared on the 1968 album Traffic by Traffic. Legendary band, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We'll get there. Um, And then that version inspired... The Joe Cocker version, which I guess we might as well play. Go
1: right ahead. A little more uh, prominent percussion in this
0: version. Absolutely. (laughs) That voice. There's nothing like Joe Cocker. Okay, so that's the version probably, that is the face that launched A Thousand Ships as it regards this song. Let's get, and then we'll go on to the chorus.
2: All
0: right, so the rabbit hole is very deep with this song. I guess that's the point I'm trying to make, right? So we're going to go all the way back to the beginning and chronicle sort of the journey of this song. Um, but. So originally recorded on the 1968 album Traffic by Traffic, written by Dave Mason. That's him on lead vocals that you hear. Traffic had, uh, you know, one of those bands that had a couple of vocalists, uh, maybe a couple of strong personalities, and so it led to a <laughs> lot of personnel changes. I think um, Dave Mason actually had three stints with Traffic. Um, originally left at, right before their first album actually dropped, recorded it with them, then left before it dropped, then back after the... S- Let's see. I don't know. A lot of his material was on the second album, but he wasn't part of the band. And then we'll he was touch back a little bit that on that with we'll get. Oh, yeah. We it.
1: didn't even tell you guys. Hang around to the end. Yeah. And you'll
0: get to hang out with Dave Mason. That's right. We've got him. We got him. We nagged him. We nagged him? Not the right we word. We snagged him. Snagged is better. We nagged him to get him.
1: <laughs> and then we
0: snagged him for the show. <laughs> um, so, and I... It, there's there's a piece of Dave Mason history that's going to blow y'all away. Yeah. Um it, it, even even more so than his history as a maybe not more so, but as much as his history in a writer. The piece of the thing that gives us chills about Dave Mason is not even necessarily connected to this song, but when you when you um the thing that the, the thing about him that we'll get to in a second that makes you go, "Man, I'm talking to somebody super important." Yeah. is uh, it really. That's I'm good. really excited to talk about it. So anyway, so then Joe Cocker comes along. The greatest... It's, 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 we'll just go ahead and give it what it is. It's
1: because he's in the blockbuster film Skate Town USA. I, yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, Not really. No. Totally.
0: Um, so Joe Cocker comes along, the greatest cover artist in history, right? We've talked about Arguably, this, have yeah, we not? We, we've
1: had this discussion. I, I, and for those of y'all that want to hear everything Joe Cocker yep. that we talk about, go back to episode 50. Episode 50. Landmark episode for the uh, Great Song Podcast and hear us talk uh, all things Joe Cockerness. It's with kind of the... a
0: full circle because last week was episode 150.
1: That's true. Um,
0: so... Now we're all the way back around talking about Joe Cocker with you know around a momentous episode. It feels it feels right, you know, with
1: another great guitar player, Phil Grande.
0: Phil Grande, rest in peace, rest in beats.
1: There you Uh,
0: go. Somebody said that on on uh, Twitter. I think it was Ice T, maybe. And uh, that's my new thing, rest in beats. That's good for sure. Yeah. Um. But uh. Yeah. So Joe Cocker, I think you gave him the distinction. I think you you dubbed him the greatest cover artist of all time. We talked
1: about that. We put it in the conversation.
0: Yeah. And because most of most of Cocker's hits are not original to him. He was most well known for taking other people's songs and interpreting them in his kind of way and making them really 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 taking ownership of, you know, of of this. So and This
1: is a great example.
0: Yeah. I mean, and so this was so this was actually the first track of Joe Cocker's first album. This was People's First recorded introduction to Joe Cocker, um, and the album was with a little help from my friends, which is of course has his famous cover of "With a Little Help from My Friends" by the Beatles. That was the, uh, you know, big hit at Woodstock and and theme song for the uh, Wonder Years, yeah, all that stuff. So, but it, the actual first notes that people heard from Joe Cocker on Wax was feeling all right. Um, so. And then that launched a billion other versions, you know, of the song. And it became sort of the signature feel, you know, f- f- the template, if, if you will, for people recording this song going forward. Um, he did a live version, C- Cocker did, a live version with John Belushi on Saturday Night Live That's amazing. in 1976. They're both Joe Cocker. They both, it's, you gotta look it up and watch it. It's awesome because he comes out, um, Cocker comes out first, there's two mic stands, um, and they had done a bit uh, or they had. – uh, I'm sorry. John Belushi had done a Cocker bit previously, a few years before, and, and basically sort of came out and did his Cocker impression and then flailed all over the floor. Um, but uh, this version, they actually do this legit as a duet it's together, cool. and it's dope. So uh, uh, Joe Cocker comes out and does the first verse and chorus, and then Belushi comes out dressed exactly like him, um, and does uh, his vocally. I mean, he does a very spot on yeah, Joe Cocker. Good. His motions and stuff are a little exaggerated, but you know, Joe Cocker had that signature sort of, um, it made people go like, is he not, not to mock anything, But is he like epileptic? Is he, you know what I mean? Does he have a tick? Whatever. Just because he moved so uniquely, but he just said, it's the only way I could get the music out. Um, and so, you know, Belushi comes in and, and does this thing and then they finish out the song together. It's great. Um, so now I want to talk a little bit about the famous piano part because the famous piano riff that we have at the beginning. Uh, I want to give some flowers to Artie Butler on piano. Um, although interestingly enough, uh, Traffic's Steve Winwood played a lot of keys and piano on the with a little help from my friends album, but not on this song. Oh, I didn't know that. It's That's Artie what? Butler. Um, Artie Butler has over sixty golden platinum albums awarded to him for albums that he's played on or projects that he's worked on. Wow! I mean. Big, big stuff. He arranged and recorded What a Wonderful World with Louis Armstrong, Uh, The Night the Lights Went Out in Georgia, a bunch of Barry Manilow. He did Leader of the Pack for the Shangri Laws. Goodness gracious. Um, So, anyway, Legend. Legend. Yeah. And so he's got, you can go on his website, it's artiebutler.com, and he's got a a list of credits and sort of stories behind, you know, whatever. He's got a really sweet um, account of his his time with. with Louis Armstrong about the recording of what a wonderful world and how the, you know, to, he talks very sweetly about being in a room with such a legend and getting to, you know, whatever it's, so it's very nice. So traffic's original version of feeling all right. Didn't chart. Um, but Joe Cocker's did. It went to number 69 in the U S then in 1971, grand funk recorded a version and it went to number 51. So then Cocker re-released his version, a live cut from his album, Mad Dogs and Englishmen, and it went to number 33, the highest charting (laughs) version of this song. It was like, oh yeah, a little bit of like, Uh I don't know if it's one-upsmanship, but it's like, I think it's so funny because people would never do that now. Yeah, You wouldn't, you know, I mean, maybe a YouTube cover or something, but it's not going to hit the Billboard charts. They're both
1: covers of an original, that's not (laughs) even their song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like- And Mason and- Is just sitting back there collecting royalty
0: checks. Man, just hanging out. You
1: guys fight it out. Go ahead. Slug it out.
0: Who's next? Come on. Bring it on. Let the line continue on. Justin
1: Bieber, you feel like doing a cover of Feeling (laughs) Alright. Take
0: it there. Yeah. Um, And then so all the way to like the most recent version, which is what we actually started off playing, which is by Dave Mason and the Quarantines.
1: Let's talk about that
0: group. Heck yeah.
1: Nick Fleetwood, Sammy Hagar. Michael McDonald, Pat Simmons, John McPhee, Tom Johnston, holy cow! Yes, yeah. like,
0: and those last three names, by the way, those are the Doobie Brothers. Those are the Brothers. Doobie Brothers. Yeah, by the way, so it's it's Dave Mason, Sammy Hagar, Mick Fleetwood, Michael McDonald, and, and the Doobie, Doobie Brothers. Brothers. <laughs> Come no on. big deal. That's right. And they all recorded it separately from their home studios, you know that kind of thing. Uh, you know, one of those. It became it popularized definitely in 2020 during the uh, you know during the pandemic, the height of the quarantine era. Um, and you know, it's a little tongue in cheek doing, you feeling all right. I'm uh, not feeling too good myself in the in the, you know, <laughs> um in the quarantine age. But uh and there's a cool video for it. You it's know, great. they everybody recorded themselves while they're, you know, while they were playing and and, and recording their parts. Um but um yeah. I like Mick Fleetwood. Like I like watching him.
1: I, I know he's probably <laughs> some people are maybe a little put off by He him. weirds me out he, a little pretty, bit. I love watching Mick Fleet. I used to not like him as much because my roommate in college played. Their live concert all the time, Zan. I know you're a huge fan of the podcast and love Fleetwood Mac, and so I got a little sick of it. Yeah, but I can I can do a little Mick like a song or two. Okay, and it just makes me feel. It makes me laugh, makes me chuckle, makes me uh, like music a little bit more. Just as watching.
0: I've as I've gotten older, I've loosened up a little bit on it. When I was a, when I was a kid, a teenager, in my twenties, whatever, uh, I was like, that's that guy's I weird. hate that. Yeah, like <laughs> so much. But you know what? Though he plays with passion. He does he, he plays with fire? Um. It it just weirds it. So now I'm 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 all the way down to it. Weirds me out just a little. Okay, that's, that's it. That's, you know, that's progress. Yeah. Um, but great version. And so you've got, we didn't play the whole thing, but like Sammy Hagar comes in and take the second verse. I mean, come on. That's just cool.
1: Michael McDonald has one of the, most, the third utter, verse. most recognizable voices ever. And you're like, yeah. oh, that's Michael McDonald. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know who it is when he
0: comes in. And, and of course, he's killing on keys, uh-huh. you know. Uh, so it's just a, a really fun version. So that would be the most recent version of of Note. There's probably been 10 covers of it since then, <laughs> yeah. but like that's, you know, uh, they made it, made a big deal with that uh, out of that one uh, in 2020. Um, shall we talk about Dave Mason? Sure. You're, you you want to hit a little band? traffic? Let's, let's meet, meet th- the band. Let's meet the band. Hey, let's meet the band.
1: It's time to meet the band. Hey, mama, let's meet the band. Let's all meet the band. Hey! All right, guys, we're going to meet the band that played on this track and this album. Um, We, we know we've given you a lot of personnel, but this one's going to be a fun one. Uh, Chris Wood on tenor saxophone, backing vocal, also played a little flute and some bass uh, throughout this project, co-wrote Dear Mr. Fantasy. Um, and this is kind of a good way to segue in. I watched the Live at Sunrise Theater concert, I was telling Rob before, Dave Mason band playing. He's playing a black telly. Got a great version of We Just Disagree on that with him on 12-string acoustic and open tuning. Never realized how he played that. We can talk maybe a little about that song later. Um, but yeah. Uh, There's a version of Dear Mr. Fantasy. Look it up. I want you to hear Mm -hmm. just a little bit of it um, because I think this is wonderful. It's probably one of my favorite versions, even maybe a little better than the original. Um, Go to minute 44, um, live at the Sunrise Theater, Dave Mason Band.
0: Interesting. Different vibe. Different vibe.
1: A little more rocking. I love that Once the riff kicks in,
0: I'm not mad. I love his guitar tone. That sounds like a guitar tone you would love.
1: That's a JP guitar tone.
0: That is a great riff to play that Uh
2: way.
0: Dave Mason rocking the backwards like Kangol hat. So, for those of you who don't recognize it that way, uh, you'll probably recognize it this way, and uh, we'll get a little of the the, uh, Steve Winwood vocal in there. And you may have heard this, uh, even if you didn't know this song, if you've watched the Marvel movies, you've heard this song, because it's the opening track to, uh, is it Avengers Endgame? I think it is, it plays at the beginning. plays over the opening scene of I think it's Endgame, and I love that that guitar sounds like poop right there. It's awful. Like,
2: it, it yeah,
0: it's like it was. Uh, it honestly sounded like the it was uh, set up too low, and uh-huh. it was catching on a fret. You that, know what I mean, somewhere down the neck. Him, yeah. That's what it sounds like. It's not that he flubbed the note.
1: No, he played it right. It's just, it's just not clean. It's not clean yeah. sounding. It doesn't
0: sound clean yeah. because I think it was. I think it was catching. You know that twelfth or fourteenth fret up there. Anyway,
1: so anyway. Co- co-wrote by the saxophone player for Traffic, Chris Wood, on this uh, died at thirty nine of pneumonia. Um, so the nineteen ninety four Traffic album, Far From Home, is dedicated to him. Okay, uh, my favorite track on that is a track called Mosaic. Um, it's great guitarness at the beginning. It's the last track on the album. Um, so get, take take a listen to Mozambique for those of y'all that want to hear some some good dedication on Far From Home. Uh, my favorite Chris Sachs moment is a song called Moonchild Vulcan. Um, so if you want to look it up, we can play a little of it so you can hear Chris Wood on sax or we can just keep moving on.
0: Play a little Moonchild yeah. Vulcan. Let's, let's actually hear him play the saxophone. Let's hear him play
1: the saxophone. Which we haven't done
0: bit. yet. Okay. It's feeling a little weird in here. This sounds like Moonchild Vulcan. That's exactly right. <laughs> it turns into a song later. Okay. But they, definitely the beginnings sure sounds like Moonchild Vulcan. Yeah. Oh. I'm liking it. Oh yeah, I'm gonna listen to that on the way home. That's cool. Right, um, so
1: that's Chris Wood on sex, um, on piano, bass, backing vocal, um, Steve Winwood. Steve, I mean, <laughs>
0: what do you do with this guy? Exactly.
1: Go. I tell you what you do. You can go to episode 310 and listen to <laughs> Higher Love. Yeah. Uh, where we talk all things Steve Winwood. Um, and I've been listening. I told Rob last time he was up here. I've been listening to a lot of Steve Winwood again. Back in the high life again. I love Valerie. I love um, Roll with It. I think my favorite Steve Winwood Sorry, it is. I just had it But um I think my favorite Steve Winwood song is now While You See a Chance. Oh. So for those of you all that wow. may not be as familiar with this, play a little bit of it. Um I don't know where to start because the uh, the intro is amazing. Um the words come in at second 55 and the chorus comes in at minute 133, but I love the whole song. <laughs> Let's so, do
0: 133. Let's hit that chorus. You see, yes, take it. On, take it. Love that turnaround. You. That is solid. I kind of uh, forgot about that dude, one. Dude,
1: I love this song.
0: I kind of forgot about that
1: one. If you change, uh, I mean, Steven
0: the Spencer Davis group, Blind Faith. Serious. Incredible musician. He was the lead singer in Spencer Davis Group and organist at fourteen. <laughs> what like, in the world? I know. Right? You know, it's like awesome. I got, I got two kids around that age, and I just go, "There's no, I don't. How's that possible? Uh, you know, yeah. Um, <laughs> I like they can't even fold their laundry. You know." <laughs> <laughs>
1: That is great. Oh, I love that so much.
0: He's like, let me haul this B3 around. I, know. I, I mean, it, even even thinking about a B3 organ, all the draw bars and stuff, uh-huh. being able to work that is like, you got to, if, if you can accurately and, and artistically, um, work a b3 organ what
1: episode did we talk about the b3 on where you went you remember we
0: went pretty deep on uh, yeah on something
1: go it, listen to everything we've ever done yeah and you'll find someone uh, one episode yeah. where rob goes really deep on the organ yeah and i don't remember what it is but it was really good yeah. so just listen to everything yeah and uh, if, and if you
0: can really work a b3 you could fly a spaceship <laughs> that's true you know. good
1: i mean that's, awesome. that's good um on drums percussion backing vocal uh, Jim Capaldi, this guy's played with Clapton, Hendrix, George Harrison, so guitar legends. So basically, he's the drummer for guitar legends. I mean, that's a good way to look at it. And he is also on one of my favorites. Uh, a guy by the name of Mylon Lefevre oh, plays drums with my- not enough wow. Mylon references. So y'all pick up uh, Crank It Up, More, Crack the Sky. Um, any wow. of that stuff, just, uh, I could, we'll do a Melon episode, maybe not, but I love that guy. <laughs> so Jim Capaldi on drums. Interesting thing that I, I wrote myself a note when I was looking through on the liner notes, I need to find how I wrote this, but I don't have the album cover, um, with me right now, but on the liner notes, it's credits, Chris Wood, the tenor sax player. For playing drums, but he doesn't play drums. Huh. Um, but on the liner notes, there's a typo, and it's Jim Capaldi on drums. Interesting. So on this track, he's not given the due credit. Weird. So on one of the one of the liner notes, I was looking through, I was like, "There's no way Chris Wood played drums on this." I know Jim Capaldi did. Yeah, so, Capaldi. Anyway, yeah, I thought that was kind of neat. Um, and on lead guitar and vocal, um, your friend and mine, Dave Mason. Dave Mason.
0: That is A little on Dave Mason, part of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame class of 2004, as a member of Traffic. Listen to this Hall of Fame class, and we talk a little bit to Dave about being in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, because you have to. He's a freaking Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We Absolutely. got you. But listen to the class of 2004 in the Rock Hall of Fame. Traffic, George Harrison, ZZ Top, Jackson Brown, Bob Seger, and Prince.
1: That might be the greatest Hall of Fame induction class.
0: I would not argue with and you. And
1: not that there's ever a weak spot in a Hall of Fame induction, Not that, the, but there's some that you're like, oh, that's cool. Right. They made the hall. Yeah. Worthy,
0: but this is like banger, banger, Bam. banger. Yes, exactly. And so, he, and so here's my point. Here's to, to say all that. Okay? Oh, that'll be a neat game. What's the best Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Ooh, the, oh, okay. that would be a very we'll do a, fun bracket or a yeah, rivalry or a something. bracket. Yeah. That'd be good. Okay. okay. But listen to this. So in the class of 2004, Traffic, Harrison, ZZ Top, Jackson Brown, Bob Singer, Prince, and they closed the show with "Feeling All Right." Come on. How's that for
1: that's the song? It's like that. It is the that's, ultimate.
0: That's jam song it's so simple it's two chords you want some theory on this it's a one and a four
1: (laughs) pick your key it doesn't matter that's
0: it it's literally like it's the easiest song that you could possibly play (laughs) if you want to learn the piano riff great if you don't just strum it like they did on the traffic version you know what i mean and you're good that's it just, it's. If you want to play
1: bass on it, that's fine. Just go one, four, and put in the middle whatever you just want. Just play whatever. Just play yeah, anything. And, you're, and land, as long as you land on one and four, right. you're fine.
0: You can do it. You could you could groove this as a simple bass player. Boom. <laughs> or you could groove it as busy a busy up. bass player. Boom. <laughs> you know, whatever, right? It's just, it's completely. You don't even have to fill it in. You can just hit one and four. Bump. <laughs>
1: Bomb, and you're in. (laughs) Uh,
0: It's just, uh, it's just completely. You can you can do anything you want to with this song, um, and it just feels good. And it even, I I mean, I I hate to say it, but it's almost like the verses are just an excuse to get back to to that killer hook of a chorus. You know what I mean? And uh, the the Joe Cocker version makes it sound more like hey i'm feeling all right you uh-huh. know I, this feels good i'm feeling i'm feeling good really it's are you feeling all right uh-huh. it, it, the, the original version with traffic has a question mark on uh-huh. it it's you feeling all right yeah. i'm not feeling too good myself and it's about a relationship going bad yeah. a relationship that you know uh oh we're in trouble uh-huh. um and uh, but the Joe Cocker version is just like, hey, hey, we're feeling good. Everybody's got their shirts it, way buttoned down. You know, yeah. it's just when this when when the Cocker version comes on, buttons just start popping That's on your right. shirt. You know,
1: <laughs> it's good. chest hair just yeah. comes. <laughs> Creeping out the
0: top. <laughs> By the way, I, I should mention that the the Joe Cocker album cover uh, for his first album, with a little help from my friends, is one of the scariest images I, was that I have I'm ever so seen.
1: That's the and that's the Cocker album cover that you know, like that face. <laughs> yeah, like, probably so.
0: It. Why would you do that? I know it's, it's like
1: here I am. This is my first album. Yeah, hide your children.
0: It's it's literally like the um, it's like the 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 poster. For like a fifties a grindhouse horror movie. Horror movie. It's what it looks
1: like. Yeah. It's, it's good.
0: so weird. Uh, but hey, whatever. It's it I guess it's iconic in its own way. It it does him no flattery. And
1: speaking of Hall of Fame conversations with the rock and roll, please, Joe Cocker, get in there.
0: Oh, serious. The Come biggest on. one of the I mean one of the greatest injustices in rock and roll. Mr. Is that,
1: Hall of Fame. Mr. Rock yeah, and Roll Hall of Fame. Give me
0: Mr. Fame on the phone.
1: Please put Joe Cocker in. There. Uh,
0: seriously. Uh okay, a little more on Dave Mason. Um, this is from Wikipedia. Over the course of his career, Mason has played and recorded with many notable pop and rock musicians, including, you ready for this? Paul McCartney, George Harrison, The Rolling Stones, Jimi Hendrix, Eric Clapton, Michael Jackson, David Crosby, Graham Nash, Steve Winwood, Fleetwood Mac, Delaney and Bonnie, Leon Russell, and Cass Elliott. Come on. No big deal, I right? Know, right? Uh, and I think it's probably a fair time to talk about his association with Jimi Hendrix. Please, yes. Um,
1: this is the teaser that we gave you guys earlier.
0: Yeah. So um, he was friends with Jimi Hendrix. Hendrix's career broke in uh, England, and we talked a little bit about this back in season whatever on our Jimi Hendrix episode. Uh, you can hear us go, go deep on um, the Are You Experienced album. Dave Mason uh, is friends with Hendrix at the time, and, um, and he plays Hendrix, Bob Dylan's version of All Along the Watchtower. Hendrix falls on Electric
1: Ladyland. For those of you all that want to know which album, yes.
0: So Hendrix decides to record it, and who plays the acoustic guitar part that opens the song and drives the track. It's Dave Mason. So that jigga jang, 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 that's driving the whole song. Like, yeah, Hendrix is hitting the solos and whatever, woof, woof, woof. but the thing that's driving the song is this 12-string acoustic jangle. That's Dave Mason playing that acoustic part. Iconic! On what
1: could be considered in the top 10 greatest rock and roll songs of all time.
0: Yeah. I think mean, oh, It could yeah. be in the conversation. Definitely. Definitely. So, total legend. He got, uh, he played the acoustic Griffin all along in Watchtower. He was in the original lineup of Derek and the Dominoes uh, after touring with Clapton and George Harrison on the Delaney and Bonnie and Friends tour. He was a member of Fleetwood Mac in the 90s. <laughs> uh, you know, it's just crazy. And it, by the way, if you don't know, uh, I mean, obviously, you know this song. But if you know another Dave Mason solo song, you probably know his hit, We Just Disagree. Uh, let's play a little bit of that, because we, uh, we could have done an episode on that one, but you can't say no to feeling all right. Sure. So, But th- here's his other huge hit, We Just Disagree. I dare you not to sing this chorus when it gets here.
2: So let's leave it alone
0: So, if you think about it really, if you take if you take feeling all right his version taken together with we just disagree his other probably biggest hit, it sort of is like. We just disagree. Is the conclusion uh-huh. to feeling all right? Oh. Really, it's the grown-up, uh-huh. mature ending to the question posed by "You feeling all right?" And you know what I mean. We
1: just disagree. It can, it's played on every station. It's yeah. played on classic rock. It's yeah. played on yacht rock. It's yeah. played on love stations. Right. It's, played it's played on like soft rock. Soft rock. It's played on everything. Yeah. So. it's played
0: on those stations that are my favorites that just play everything. Yeah, they're just like we play anything except like classical and maybe like <laughs> I don't know, yeah. you know. But just about anything else they cover. I love those stations. That's my my thing for sure.
1: Good stuff. Yeah, the, um, I, I talked about that Live at the Sunrise Theater concert. There's a really good version of this song on there, so check it out. Um, and on drums, Greg Babcock bringing the funk and John Sembatero is the other guitar player playing that other guitar part from Firefall, so it's really good. So if okay. you want a good version, check that one out. It's one of my favorites.
0: So Dave Mason's, Dave, in other words, I think what we're trying to say about Dave Mason is he has a true imprint on the rock music Pantheon. Mm -hmm. He's, I mean, he is one of those people that is like, his name doesn't get the top bill all the time, but he is part of the bones of a lot of rock music history. You know what I mean? He's a really um, significant figure in rock music history. So we want to make sure that we show him his love. I do need to point out, I I can't, I can't not do this, okay? And I know we've got him coming on, we want him to be our friend, we want him to give us Sammy Hagar's number so we can talk to Sammy. (laughs) However, you can't look at the career of Dave Mason and not see a bunch of almosts and near misses and brief stints and short reunions, okay? He was in traffic three times. He was almost in Derek of the Dominos. He was briefly in Fleetwood Mac. Um, you know what I mean? Um, and, um, you know, these kind of things. So, like, uh, he was originally supposed to be in Ringo's All-Star Band uh, but didn't complete rehearsals. I don't know... I don't know Dave other than we've had one conversation with him, so I can't. And he's
1: super kind. Was nice. Yeah, super
0: great. And so I won't speculate, but it does make you raise an eyebrow and go, "I mean, is it a Dave thing?" You know, maybe maybe he doesn't play well with others for long periods. Uh, I've read differing accounts, at least, of the traffic tension. And Dave said at least part of it was that the band was essentially living in a commune-type situation where people just came and went all the time and drugs were everywhere and everyone was so tripped out all the time and he just couldn't be a part of it long-term. Um, and I think Steve Winwood kind of has a different story, but I think maybe maybe they were just they were both trying to be kind of the top guy you know the driving force and it just you know just never clicked for a long period of time but it just makes you it just makes you go man what what could have happened if a few things had gone differently you could be talking about Dave Mason as one of the most important figures in rock history not just someone who is present in a lot of important places in rock history does that make sense absolutely he could be a mount rushmore type name if a, if a few uh what is it what are the, the if, if a few chips fall differently you know what i mean um so it's really interesting to think about this is super cool too he found he, he co-founded rks guitars did you look these up i didn't see that okay so he's got these kind of odd looking guitars that he plays um and he co-founded rks guitars which are focused on sustainability okay. um they're really unique looking. They kind of look like a guitar core built into like a rib cage, uh, with these like wings made from a wood blend that's made from like wood pulp and scrap wood, uh, byproduct instead of traditional tone woods. So instead of being like, you know, guitarists love like flame maple yeah. and you know what I'm saying, all this like, uh, you know, translucent fish, yes, yeah, yeah. so all this, um. You know, wood that is gorgeous, sounds incredible, but comes at the cost of a lot of deforestation. Uh-huh. So RKS Guitars is like, let's let's get away from that. Let's do something that is sustainable. And so they're using literally wood pulp and wood byproduct, but still creating these great sounding, beautiful, if a little strange looking at first, guitars. You know what I mean? And doing it in a way that is, that is um, trying to... B- bucking the trend of traditional guitar making as far as where the wood comes from, you know. Um, so I thought that was really cool. You check that out. RKS Guitars, which is a branch of the same guy that co-founded RKS Guitars with Dave Mason, um, is the co-founder of RKS. Um, what is it? RKS Technologies or RKS? Some, something like that. That has that is really cutting-edge tech, technology, working with a bunch of different uh, in bunch of different things, doing a lot of really cool stuff. So, check that out for sure. Um, what else we got? Sorry, that was a really loud pop. I just did that in your ear.
1: Oh, good. We got, uh, we talked a lot about covers. There is one cover that I want to mention. Okay. Uh, obviously, Cocker, when we talked about Rare Earth, Three Dog Night, Lou Rawls. My favorite. We don't have to play it, but I will tell you guys pick up the Isaac Hayes Live at Sahara Tahoe album. Oh. I love that album. Um, it's a four sided album. It closes with this song, After Ain't No Sunshine When She's Gone. So good. Um, they what a one-two punch. It's good, man. So pick that up. We don't have to play it, but it's good. I think you guys will enjoy it. And I got a
0: game. You want to stump yes. the genius? Oh, yes. I can't wait. Here we go. Let's stump the genius. Stump me, baby. Stump me all night long. B.B. King, get out of here. You're not even alive anymore. <laughs> stump- your part.
1: All right, we're going to play Stump the Genius. Uh, This song was used in the movie Flight, starring Denzel. Denzel, okay. Okay, all right. So the game that we're going to do today is one of my favorite games. I've been trying to do some... I'm going to name a Denzel movie. Oh, no. A Denzel movie, and I'm going to give you multiple choice, and you're going to tell me who the other actor is <laughs> that plays no way. opposite him. Okay. Big First, name actor. So Denzel is going to be actually – Like the lead. Either the – or the two.
0: Oh, okay, okay. He's okay. either
1: one or two. Both of these guys are going to be on the poster. I see. Him. So these I, sure. are the ones that are on the poster. Okay. If you can visualize the movie poster, the box cover, Okay. you can probably get the other
0: one. All right. So – uh First, I, I need you to understand, and I need I need the the listeners to understand that it is a running joke with my wife and our friends about Denzel Washington movies. Okay, because we joke that every Denzel story is the same. Okay. So a, whenever whenever somebody brings up a, a Denzel movie you know, The Equalizer or whatever kind of um, runs runs we, we go, we go. oh is that the one where he's like kind of a normal guy or he's like retired and then <laughs> something happens and he can't take it anymore <laughs> and then he does something extreme yeah. uh, because that seems to be like the running theme, you know, it's like John Q and all these other, it's just, it's so anyway. John Q's in here. Okay. So, here right. we go.
1: so we're, I'm going to name five movies and Denzel's done some really bad. I'm going to bomb
0: this. There's <laughs> one I know I'm going to get because I know you'll pick it and I know it okay but the, but the but, others i'm gonna bomb
1: i don't i, I tried to go weird on okay this, so okay i try to go hard but you'll know all of these actors okay you'll know you'll know them so okay. here we go virtuosity he's a futuristic sci-fi cop where he tracks down the cyber bad guy um just to give you some theme virtuosity, virtuosity. 1995 denzel movie is it russell crowe paul walker wesley snipes
0: Okay, so you're giving me, you're giving I'm me. I'm going to give
1: you three big names. You're giving names me three big names. And you pick Okay, one.
0: it's not Paul Walker. He hadn't started yet. It's not Wesley Snipes because at that point, they weren't going to put two black actors in the main role so it's got to be the other one. It's
1: Russell Crowe. Way to go, Rob, with process of elimination. That's just logic. It's just all how you get there. Okay, 1990 movie, Heart Condition. What? Racist cop gets a heart transplant of a black lawyer he tried to (laughs) arrest. (laughs) Yep, tis a movie. Heart Condition, 1990, starring Denzel and either Danny DeVito, (laughs) Bob Hoskins, or Tom Arnold. Oh, no. Oh, crap. So it's like a comedy? It's a racist cop gets a heart <laughs> transplant of a black lawyer he tried to arrest. Heart condition, 1990. Oh, God. Danny DeVito, okay. Bob Hoskins,
0: Tom Arnold. I'm going to go with. You know what? You say cop, I'm going to go Bob Hoskins.
1: Bob Hoskins, hey! two for two.
0: Y'all will know him from Hook and right. Who
1: Framed Roger Rabbit, yeah.
0: Bob Hoskins. And don't forget the Super Mario Brothers There movies. you go. He That's, was Mario, rock my the friend. Mustache. There
1: you go, Bob. Pick up heart condition. We're two for two moving <laughs> on. Bet. don't. 2012, we'll get a little more mono. Okay. Uh, safe House. He's a former CIA operative who went rogue. <laughs> Is it him with Ryan Reynolds, Steven Seagal, or
0: Vin Diesel? I badly wanted to be Steven Seagal, but 2012 was too late for Steven Seagal. Uh, oh gosh, it's called Safe House. He's, Safe a, former house. He's a
1: former CIA. He's <laughs> a former CIA CIA operative who operative. went rogue.
0: Okay. Oh man, Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Steven Reynolds, Seagal, Vin Diesel, or Vin Diesel. 2012. I gotta think. I gotta think it's Ryan Reynolds. <laughs>
1: Ryan Reynolds killing it, man. Three for
0: three. Moving along,
1: the aforementioned movie, John Q. Okay. Uh, from 2002, he's a father at the end of his rope, <laughs> takes a hospital hostage. And this is like JP's rendition. This isn't written anywhere. This is just me <laughs> tweaking it the best I can do. I love him. it. Father at the end of his rope, takes hospital hostage, uh, mad at the healthcare system. Yeah. Um, y'all you have just all can't seen take it. it anymore. Is it him with Antonio Sabato Jr., Ryan Felipe, or James
0: Woods? Oh. Oh. I was really sold on Ryan Philippe until Antonio you said James Woods,
1: Sabato Junior. No, Ryan Philippe. One hundred
0: percent not, Felipe, not James Woods. Um, John Kidd. I think James Woods is the oh! bad guy.
1: James Woods is a, he's the doctor. Yeah, is four for four. Wow. Said he would get none, and wow. he is killing it. Everybody. Wow. Last one. Ricochet, nineteen ninety one. Classic. Denzel as a cop chasing a crazy killer. Okay. Is that crazy killer Steve Buscemi? Sean Penn
0: or John Lithgow? Oh, that's great! Because I've never, I've never seen this. The only Ricochet. one of these I've seen 1991. is 1991. John Q. Classic Denzel
1: as a cop chasing a crazy killer.
0: Okay, give me the names again. Steve, Steve Buscemi. Buscemi. I'm going to say
1: no. Sean Penn. Okay. John Lithgow. John Lithgow.
0: I've, oh,
1: 91 though. Can he go five for five, ladies and gentlemen? What's the
0: name of the movie again? Ricochet. 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 That says Sean Penn to me. Is it Sean Penn?
1: No, Aww. it was so close. Was it play Singing in the Bathtub <laughs> by John Lithgow. Those of y'all a couple of weeks ago missed the vocalist. I thought if Rob gets any, he'll get John Lithgow because Dang of the, th- the throwback. Let's play a little Singing in the Bathtub <laughs> by everybody's favorite, John Lithgow. Oh, gosh. It's bath (laughs) time.
0: Hurry up now. Get in the tub. Uh, Get your shampoo. Get your soap. Oh, no.
1: These Dave Mason
0: purists are (laughs) like, (laughs) what in the world is going on? This is the new Baker Street. (laughs) Oh, I'm all wet. (laughs) Please listen to this in headphones. Do yourself a favor and listen in headphones. Sing in the bathtub.
1: Okay, all That's right. That's enough of it. Tearing out a console. Great job, though, Rob. Four oh, for five man. on Stump the Genius with his Denzel knowledge. Let Crystal listen in and play along and see how well she does. And I
0: thought the movie industry was off John Lithgow by that point. Oh, so. man.
1: Yeah, he is a uh, classic Denzel. as <laughs> a cop chasing a crazy killer. <laughs>
0: My uh, Great
1: job on that, guys. Um, hang around at the end and we'll say bye. Um, but yeah. listen to Dave Mason with us for That's a sec. Right. A lot We're of good hang- things we touch on.
0: Yeah, and make sure to connect with us on socials, uh, anywhere, Facebook. Twitter Instagram at great song pod is the address uh, is the handle I should say or you can join the Facebook group great songs and the great people who love them greatly we have a lot of fun in there and uh, get some get some get some special conversations they really just cut to the heart of things you know uh, if you want to be super special and go the extra mile and support the show and be a be a great pate I think it's gonna stick great pate feeling good yeah um, feeling all right. That's right. It's feeling all right. If you want to be a great pate, you can go to patreon.com slash great song pod, pick yourself up a t-shirt. Just it's all it's you know what? It's all there. It's the internet. Just go find it. We're there to be had. So have us, please. <laughs> in the meantime, <laughs> we'll be back at the end to say goodbye and good night and tuck you in and all the things that your little heart desires. But for now, let's take you through the interview with the man himself, Mr. Dave Mason. This is the Great Song Podcast. Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, as promised, we are here with the one and only Dave Mason. That's one of those names you can't even believe you get to say <laughs> on, a, on a podcast. Uh, but we're talking with, I mean, real rock and roll royalty today. Uh, Dave Mason is with us. Thank you so much for joining us, Dave.
2: Yeah, but thank you.
0: <laughs> it is our, it is absolutely all our pleasure. Um, we're talking about uh, the song Feeling Alright um, that that you yeah. wrote and, and is one of the just all-time legendary, uh, you know, just, it's a song that just everybody on earth knows. Everybody on earth knows and loves this song. Um, and you you recently did a version uh, with kind of a, uh, a thrown together um, collaboration for the quarantine Supergroup. age. <laughs> a super group. A <laughs> well, digital super of. group. Yeah, I mean,
2: yeah, I guess it, you can <laughs> classify it as that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, it, it, tell ah. us about Dave Mason and the Quarantines and and how this legendary collaboration lineup of rock musicians. I mean, you talk about a, a, a Mount Rushmore of rock musicians from any era. It, you know, you've got you've got Sammy Hagar and Michael McDonald, McFleetwood. McFleetwood uh, and, um, John McPhee. and John Johnston. uh,
2: how, I mean, my goodness, no, and the dubas, yeah. Uh,
0: how did, yeah. How did all that come together?
2: Well, um, uh, I mean, first off, uh, the, uh, the great thing, the, the weird thing or uh, the odd part about it, of course, is this would never, this would probably never have happened that it not being for this pandemic. Right. And the fact that we are quarantined and, um, and sort of my, management and people and my wife and various people around me were like, you know, you really got to do something, you know, you need to do something online to the fans and da 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 and I was like, you know, if I want to do something, why not try to do something um, why not try to, try to do something a little special and see if I can't bring a few people I know together to, to, for some, you know, to do something really cool with us all together. Um, and I thought, well, feeling all right. Everybody knows that song. It's, it's hard to screw it up. It's right. two chords <laughs> in it. And um, so that's kind of where it started. And I, and with that idea, but the, but doing it was mostly because I had seen the, um, what the Doobie brothers had done with old black water. And it was so well done. Uh, and it was, I, saw, I called John McPhee and said, John, okay, how'd you guys do this that it came up so great with you all being separated? Yeah. It was like, y- well.
1: Yeah, we were going to ask how is- that editing looks, like what that looks like.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, the, well, the the process basically is that, you know, trying to put everybody together and, and do it all at once, scattered all over the place is, is a little, uh, I mean, you, you can do it, but the latency is 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 not good. Yeah. And, and it depends on the quality of what you want to produce. So the way we did it, which is, um, the way it's done basically is I just put a basic track down of, okay, here's the length of the song. And I'm thinking, you know, I do the first verse, Sammy, you can do the second verse, Michael do the third verse and, and, uh, we'll all share the last verse. And, uh, uh <laughs> and so that's, everybody kind of got on board with it and was agreeable to do it and then it was a question of putting it together which was which was me putting down a rough track sending it to john mcphee who had michael mcdonald there because they lived not far from each other in santa Barbara, and they michael as soon as michael put the piano on this thing it was like, oh, okay, <laughs> There, there's the vibe for this thing. He, he has
0: a way of doing that, for
2: sure. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I just, did, it wasn't till but two, actually till two or three years ago at Chef's event, I realized just how good a, a piano player he is. I mean, he's really great. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so we got that part done, and then it got sent to mix over here in Hawaii to put his drum parts on. And of course, whilst everybody's putting their parts on, they're being filmed on an iPhone, right? which is what, what it was all filmed on. Um, and so that's the way it's kind of put together yeah well the video um, the video
1: looks great the does. audio looks great and I'll, i will clear up one thing in the middle there you were saying that you're not much of a solo artist i will disagree you're alone together album which is an <laughs> album title ahead of its time there's nothing more well, fitting now yeah. than alone together i mean the personnel on that original album is money with leon russell bonnie bramlett rita coolidge michael De temple on guitar i mean it's money and uh i mean only you only you know i know on there so tasty um so to say That you're not much of a solo artist, I would disagree with you on that
2: one. Well, it's well, it's not. It's it's. it's, Let me put it this way: I don't particularly like being standing out there in the front in the spotlight. (laughs) Well, you pull it. You pull. (laughs) That's what I don't like. I don't mind playing. I don't mind singing. I don't mind doing all that. But I'm not. uh, I'm. I'm not. you know i still don't like being out there in front <laughs> well i'm a band guy so let me i want to ask you about that
0: cuz in, in addition to being rock royalty yourself you've worked alongside and collaborated with a laundry list of absolute rock legends what makes somebody mm-hmm. like yourself an easy fit who gets called on to play with other legends for a career as long as yours has been what makes for good easy collaboration
2: well uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, a lot of it is, I mean, it's just, I mean, a lot of that stuff happened when I was young, you know, when I was 19, 20, 21 years old. Um, And when you're that age, you don't, you know, there ain't no wife, there ain't no mortgage, there ain't no (laughs) kids. And, you know, I'm just free to go and. Come and go as I please.
1: Well, for our listeners so, that may not know, you played on Electric Ladyland. I mean, that's yeah. like getting asked to play by Hendrix. That's like the compliment yeah. of all co- compliments. I mean, you can expand on that a little bit. That's a yeah. That's tell the us greatest. a little bit
0: about your your memories of the Electric Ladyland sessions and just your memories of of Jimi Hendrix in general. We don't get to talk to many people who were that you know who were in Affiliated the room with, with Hendrix, Hendrix, so we have to ask you about this.
2: Okay. Um, uh, I mean, Jimmy was actually a pretty quiet guy um, um, offstage. I mean, I we spent different times together. We kind of hung together, listened to records together. Go, um, go. I uh, can you know, once in a while when I was in London, um, and we kind of got to know each other a little bit. Uh, and that came out of just really some we we both were at some buddies place listening to the uh, an advanced copy of John Wesley Harding Bob Dylan's John okay. Wesley Harding uh-huh. I, and I guess something I guess something caught his ear on All Along the Watchtower and we'd been hanging out together and so in a few days I, I don't remember exactly how long we were in Olympic Studios uh with me, him, Mitch Mitchell and laying on the basic track for All Along the Watchtower and I played acoustic guitar on it and then I also sang on Crosstown Traffic, and then yeah. there's uh, there's two or three other tracks laying around somewhere that I did with him, working on when I was playing bass in sitar. Because uh, at with the time, I wasn't I was out of Traffic in the f- first time, and uh, there we were actually there was somewhat of a little rift going on between him and Noel Redding. And he was really. We were talking about me taking Noel's place on bass.
0: Wow! Oh, I did not so, know that.
2: No, well, nobody knows. I mean, but just their management put a stop to it. Wow, um, man!
0: Oh, and you could uh,
1: you had a chance to maybe be in Derek and the Dominoes too. So,
2: you, well, I was in the I was in, in, the, the, beginning. Beginning, in yeah. the beginning in the yeah. beginning, the very beginning.
1: Yeah. So you've been surrounded by greatness
0: uh, your entire career. And, yeah, and been and, a part of a part of so many great like it's just crazy you know reading through your bio and your and your 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 musical history comes alongside uh along with so many other you know legendary names it's just insane have you ever thought about writing a memoir or a book that that tells just sort of your <laughs> perspective on on rock history
2: well i yeah I've got bugged about it for the last fifteen twenty years about writing a book which as it so happens, as we've uh, started doing with a uh, co-writer, Chris Epting. Oh, All right!
1: So oh, great! Fantastic! Well, we'll yeah, make-
2: we started to put together. So it's, uh, obviously, it's called "Only You Know and I Know," and it Okay probably come out. It'll be sometime next year. Well, you, oh, you, you, you've
1: already sold two copies to us. Uh, guys. That's right. That's right. So there you go.
2: That's it okay. cool. That's great. That'll be okay. fantastic.
1: Yeah. My uh, my first introduction to you was actually with traffic, uh you know, on the on the on the traffic album. Uh I had Welcome to the Canteen, which is a live album. Um great. and the track I listened to obviously was giving me some loving for the most part. But what a lot of people don't realize is that you're carrying that song with the riff underneath. I know uh, people talk oh. about the, <laughs> talk about playing with I mean, Steve Winwood talk about playing with uh with the with the traffic guys.
2: Well, I travel. we were, I mean, Jim Capone and I grew up together. We had bands together. We kind of met Steve in Birmingham um, um, and Chris Wood. and Yeah. We just started out basically as we were just four guys, four young guys, just hanging out for about a year and a half when we could uh, get high, and listen to music, <laughs> basically, <laughs> and uh, sort of, around ideas and eventually it came to the point where Steve was leaving Spencer Davis and 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 basically that's that's how traffic evolved into the band with the four of us originally. Um
1: and that album I mean having Jim Gordon on drums, goodness gracious. That's like
2: Oh on uh on oh Welcome, oh, on, to, on on, welcome uh, to the Canteen. Welcome to canteen. Oh, well yeah Jim boy. was yeah he was he was also on alone together yeah and stuff. Um yeah. Man,
0: uh, so let's. Uh, gosh, there's so much we we have to ask. We're you trying about. to be respectful. We've got so, a list. Like we
2: can't. T- we're we're glancing a at you. You got yeah. a laundry we list. Did, we, we do. We've got a whole
1: much, and we're like. We're trying to prioritize them. It's like, oh, my gosh, we got 14 minutes. Let's make it happen. That's right. So okay. we, we got to ask you about covers. Uh, there's so many covers of Feeling All Right. Uh, Cocker is a popular one. Rare Earth, Three Dog Night, Lou Rawls. My personal favorite is actually the Isaac Hayes one from Live at Sahara Tahoe. Love that one. Do you, uh-huh. do you have a cover that you feel like does it justice or that you really like? You're like, I like what they did with Well, myself.
2: yeah, the co- it's the Cocker version. It's the Cocker okay. one. Right? That's, the, that's, the right, it, that's the right answer, that's, right? That's the – that's what – you know, and the, as I have could explained to everybody, the, if you listen to the original song on on the second Traffic album yeah. that I did, then, then you'll understand what the song is about, which is the song is about not feeling too good myself. That's what the song is about. It's sure. not about feeling all right. right. The, the title, original title has a question mark after yeah. it. So, the but the Cocker version just, you know, Made it feeling all right. Yeah, and,
0: uh, it made everybody feel all right. That's right.
2: Exactly. And so, hence the reason, you know, I use it as the basis of the version we did with all the, you know, Mick and, and Sammy. Because yeah. it's just, I mean, apart from the song itself, what what happened is you got a, a, an amazingly unique um, piano part, mm-hmm. which is a huge part of that record. Um, but the Kaka version, is I mean I owe Concord a oh, big debt of gratitude. Without without that version, it would never have spawned all those like 50 plus cover versions and I guess garage and bar bands still play it now today. So.
0: Yeah, it's it's one of the like you mentioned to or, uh, like you mentioned earlier, it's one of the all-time jammable songs. It's one of the great garage band songs that you can just sort of pick up and play and you can go, "Okay, it's this chord and this chord and I don't really have to do anything else." Okay, fine.
2: It, 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 it's two chords. You can yeah. be a beginning band and play. Exactly. And but I think that
0: you know, Sometimes songwriters, uh, and I've I've been guilty of this myself. You know, we we try to overcomplicate things, and sometimes the the best thing you can do is just keep it simple and make keep it, it make it groove and let everybody you know be able to jump on board. Um, did yeah. you did you ever imagine it? You know, at, when you wrote it at nineteen, that you had something that was going to live this kind of life and have this kind God, of impact? No, no no <laughs> <laughs> and then suddenly in 2004 it's 2004 and you're being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame along with yes. traffic Bob Seeger Jackson Brown ZZ top George Harrison the Dells and oh yeah Prince all <laughs> Prince. in the same rock and roll Hall of Fame class. yeah no
2: no that was the, I think that's one of the better evenings of of all of them, frankly, they had with that mix of bands on it. Was Absolutely. Pretty, it was
0: awesome. My goodness. Yeah. Tell us about the, the honor of being inducted, what the recognition meant to yeah. you, <laughs> and the honor of closing the show with this all star ensemble playing feeling all right.
2: Uh, well, that was that was all bittersweet stuff because um I didn't play with them with traffic. With traffic, when they right. Played because of what the the stupidity of of old that was still going on in the background, and um so I didn't play um and everybody was trying to get me to play, and I'm like, I just hey guys, I've tried to I said, I'll do this, I'll do that, I'll play acoustic guitar, and it's like, no, you won't play acoustic guitar, right, like, you know what guys have at it, so I guess eventually if, um they called me and said, "Listen, we do this song at the end of the show that everybody plays on, and then we really, we really wanted you feeling all right." So I was like, "Oh, okay, cool. Why yeah. not?"
1: Right? Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll take and that so, gig. Right? That's
2: awesome. <laughs> so instead of just getting you know, going through all that rigmarole with with the other two guys in, in traffic. Um I got to have quite a band behind me for you, that.
0: You really did. I mean, it's really something <laughs> to watch. For our listeners, go back and go back and watch that Hall of Fame 2004 closing sp-
1: speak of super groups? There you go. Yeah, there's you one. Go.
2: Go. <laughs> really for you to watch. Yeah, it's over the top.
0: I want to ask you about. Uh, gosh, we, so we have so much we want to know. Um, let's see, Dave. Tell us the story behind your track. Uh, Save me, which ended up featuring Michael Jackson. How did How did MJ end up on the track with you? Will You tell our listeners that story.
2: Uh, well, he would. We were. I was. We were both in the same studio, um, the same building, different studios in the building. Um, I think it was Wally Hydes. I think, uh, and I was working on on an album. I had a song called "Save Me" that. That it was like, you know what? I need someone to sing a high part on here, and so I'm thinking, well, shoot, Michael's over here in this other so studio. I don't know him, but I'm going to go ask him and see if he'd come and just do this high harmony on on my track for me. And so I went, walked over to his studio, and he happened to be standing in the doorway of the studio. And I introduced myself. I said, "Hi, I'm Dave Mason." I'm working on this song over here and I was just curious, you know, wondering, would you, if you have, you know, some time here between stuff, come uh, and just maybe sing this harmony part for me. And he kind of looked at me for a minute. He said, you know, he said, when I was 12 years of age, I did this. TV special with Diana Ross. Yeah. yeah, and he said, and the last song we did at the end of the show was this song called "Feeling Alright." That's so right. he, Yeah, absolutely. I'll come over. Oh, and- that, that is so that.
1: good. Oh, that's that's the that's the story
0: of the day. I love seriously. It. So let me ask you this: what's what's different about uh, in, in good or bad uh, about <laughs> about rock music now versus when you started?
2: About the music itself.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Or even the industry, if you have thoughts on the industry.
2: Uh, well, the industry's screwed. <laughs> <laughs> Where we're, you know, artists are being, um, I mean, a, a huge part of an artist's revenue has been taken away. Yeah. Like anybody who's got a job. I mean, it's, there's, I mean, you, it's a very small percentage of, of, of people that are in that ridiculous bracket, you know, and and deserve and and deservedly so. They've got the talent. They got the voice. A lot of the theater involved in things these days, which sure. is, of course not me, but but for the most part, you know, ninety percent is we're all we're all working musicians. Yeah, <laughs> and and it's not just the work musicians. Mostly, what's what's ha- with with the internet and what's happened is that that the the intellectual property has been destroyed. I mean, it, for songwriters. Yeah, I mean. I mean, to throw out a you know like the throw out a number you if you say you know somebody could generate a million dollars off writing a song, which was not unusual when when things were were when artists were getting paid for what they did mm-hmm. um, but that i mean if you if and if you take it to two million dollar like a two million dollar figure. You got to do seven hundred and fifty million streams down to yeah. generate that. It, it's insane. So you, it, it. As a songwriter, and not just songwriters, but just writers in general. I mean, it's just, it, it's just they're not getting paid the correct royalties. Yeah. So let me. Let, what's not what's happening, and the other thing is, is the, the other big part is what happened to terrestrial radio, which hmm. is still is still very powerful. It's not just the internet. I mean. Radio is still a very powerful format, but there's nobody home. There's nobody there. they right. just everybody. They've compartmentalized the suits and the business end of it, compartmentalized everything, and it's this or it's that. And The radio is just, you know, stick a card in and go out and smoke a cigarette and have some more donuts. Right. I mean, there's nobody. there's nobody home. When I was listening to records on the radio, there'd be a great DJ. There'd be somebody to relate to. And they would have something go, hey man, come on, you got to check out this new thing, yeah. you know. And, and it'd be a little mix of music. It'd be a new stuff and wow. being turned onto it. So the uh, the opportunity to expose new music is just, it's just, it's terrible. It's not there. So when I ask me, what are you doing? New music? Do You writing new music? And it's like, you know what? I, I mean, yeah, I'll do something maybe just for my own amusement occasionally, but, but in terms of what i do and my the, the what how what i work in um is it's it's a, it's, it's like a, a case of futility so mm-hmm. it's like well so that's the sad part of this whole thing and yeah. that's what's happened um well, we'll, so, uh, we'll we'll bring it up with happiness. We'll, we, we, we got go two, 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 no, 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 no. We can we can happy it up. I mean, it is what it is. And <laughs> right. Yeah. The one thing, the the one thing that they're working on that too is they haven't taken away the thing that I've been doing all my life, which is playing live. Correct. So, although, oh, that's good. Although they are working hard on that with holograms. <laughs>
1: right. It's so true.
2: It's so true. So you. Know, there somebody's
0: somebody's working on that Dave Mason hologram right now. That's right, exactly. Trying exactly. to shut you down. We have uh, two quick questions. That's Too right. Two quick, we'll, and then we'll let you enjoy your day. We know we got to cut off. So, but, but as, the, as the as the flip side to um it, uh, the flip side to, the, to to what you were just talking about is one of the important reasons for organizations like Music Cares um and Rock Arvets oh, yeah. Yoga Blue and the things that you've been working on with uh, Dave in the quarantines. Can you quickly tell yeah. us a little bit about Music Cares uh, in particular and how they're working to try and be a help to working musicians?
2: Well, they, I mean, they do a lot of stuff. they do, I mean, I've had um, them help out a couple of musicians over the years. One of them was a pretty expensive operation, uh, and they step in and do stuff like that and, and take care of those people. Um, like I said, most of the people are just working, they're working, you know, they're working stiff like anybody yep. else. They right. just, it's just, just happens user. to make music. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and sometimes they're not in a position, so they help out a lot. And at the point that this COVID, uh, situation, uh, about two or three months ago, I mean, they had actually, um, used up all the funds mm. that they had mm. helping people. So I wanted to make the, uh, the thing all right. Um, Thing. That's why I have that tag on the end. Yeah. Uh, please, you know, donate uh, anything to music cares. Uh yoga blue is is actually was a, a functioning yoga thing of my wife's, which is no longer existent, though she is doing putting together a pretty elaborate online yoga program okay. for you guys. That's interesting. So you can, you know, yeah. Maybe she can do work out yoga yoga in a chair while she's <laughs> okay. doing.
1: There you go. <laughs>
2: I could, I might you and, know what? I then, try that. That's our kind
1: of yoga. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, then, and then rock our vets. Um, it's just, that's just, you know, I'm 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 a, I'm born in 1946. I'm the father, you know, the son of a father that was born in 1894 and fought in the first world war. My brother was driving tanks in North Africa in the second world war. Wow. So that aspect of things, the military, or anybody in uniform, because we support all uniform services, law enforcement, fire, uh, but mostly military. Okay. And we're just a little nonprofit. Um, um, nobody gets any payment. We're all volunteer. But it's just a small staff, and we do what we can. To and it's not just about money; it's about the, the, the things. Sure. Clothes, computers, stuff. They need things. So yeah, if anybody wants to check out Rock Our Vets. Uh, please do absolutely, um, right. and it all and everything goes where it's supposed to go, and then good. And I'm happy. I'm happy to you know lend whatever time I can for it. And, and everybody it can, can
0: and everybody can check that out by checking out Dave and the Quarantines. Uh, so if you go, if you look up Dave and the Quarantines version of feeling, well, you right, if you, you, can you can go, get uh, well,
2: yeah, you, well, you can get it all if you go to basically just go to the DaveMasonMusic.com. There, there we go. go. The website.
1: There we go. Thanks. Uh, Dave. And
2: and then the, uh, and then the only other thing at the end here is what I want to talk about is when you brought up along together, I have re-recorded the entire album. Oh, that's yeah. exciting. There we go. I have re-recorded the entire album and is due for release, um, with a very cool new version of world and changes. The only thing I really made a change to. Okay. I'll- uh, same, same packaging. It folds out and the CD is multicolored and, uh, there is going to be vi- vinyl uh, coming along. Excellent. Um, but yeah, that's but, so it comes around November 20th is our gr- official release. That's great. Well,
1: we want to be respectful of your time. Can that's I ask right, you one last, go. really quick question that we ask everybody? Super yeah, super yeah. quick. You're on tour, yeah. you go into a gas station. What is your gas station snack food of choice? And while you're thinking of it, I'll tell you mine real quick. I get a Three Musketeers. I, bar. I,
2: yeah, I don't, I don't eat. Gas foods. Food. Oh,
1: okay. Nothing so, at all. Uh, nothing off there. All right. You're, you're the first person with a nothing. So. That's right. Yeah.
2: Uh, no, I don't. I don't eat any kind of fast foods or anything. Okay. okay. Well,
1: good for you. That's good right. For, the, the, the yoga of people will be very happy That's to right. hear
0: that. That's,
2: right. That's well, Very proper
0: answer. Well,
1: we'll tell everybody. Go out and pick up. Pick up. Uh, I mean, heck, pick up Mr. Fantasy, the first album with hole in my shoe. If you want some good introduction to Mellotron, pick yeah. up. Uh, I mean, my favorite. Pick up alone together. Alone pick up, together. Yeah.
0: Pick
2: anything. Well, Come and get alone together again on November 20th. Right. Just go to the website. There, there you, go. you go.
0: DaveMasonMusic.com. Dave, thank you so thank much, you much for You've joining been great. us. We, I, I hope that – I know we really just hammered away. But we, wanted <laughs> we, to, <laughs> we were trying we to fly through. A lot <laughs> of stuff we wanted to get in with you. So thank you so much for taking some of your time to talk with a couple jerks from Tennessee. Uh, we really <laughs> appreciate it.
2: No problem, boys. Thanks.
0: Thanks. Thanks. All the best. Talk to you soon. Bye.
2: Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: This is the Great Song Podcast. And that was it, friends. Rock royalty, Dave Mason. So fun. Joining the show. Listen, I got to tell you, and Dave, if you're listening to this, Dave's people, if you're listening to this, we want to parlay this uh, shamelessly into some more interviews with the quarantines. (laughs) We want all the quarantines, <laughs> every one of them, every single one of them. So let's make that happen, okay? Um, we got, I mean, Michael McDonald. We want you next, Sammy Hagar. You're I mean, Mount Rushmore guest. We got to talk Doobie Brother, Mick Fleet. I mean, let's just do this, Anybody. okay? Anybody, we want the quarantines next. Um, so seriously, great time with Dave Mason. Can't believe, can't believe that we're getting to talk to people like Dave Mason. You know, just incredible. Um, But that's going to do it for this week's episode. Uh, I think you got something special you want to take us out with? I told you guys I listened to
1: and watched the Live at the Sunrise Theater. I know I've referenced it a lot with the Dave Mason band. I want to send him out with uh, so y'all can hear some of his guitar uh, magnificence. Um, If y'all want to... Pick up when you're watching the video, start about minute 39, but we'll probably pick up about minute 41, just so you can hear some great guitarists and some soloness from the great Dave Mason. Yeah. But until then,
0: I'm Rob. I'm J.P. Go listen to some music.